Once again, we'd like to welcome everyone this morning into the house of the Lord. Are there any greetings before we start? Thank you, Sister Bev, Sister Nancy and Brother Greg Wilkinson extend a greeting to the church and Sister Bev will not be here <coughs> next week in uh, Osaga Beach, she'll be. Thank you. God be with you. Sorry? Sister Smilian Ruja Svirat extended greetings. Thank you, Sister Mario. Sister Kezia extended greetings. She stayed home with the children. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Phil, extend greetings if you go. Some of us will be there on and off. Okay, thank you. Extend our greetings too when you go there to Richmond Hill in two weeks. Any other greetings? We uh, bring greetings from the Beverly Hills congregation where we were last Sunday. Send their love to you, and uh, also next Sunday I'm be uh, asked to serve in Strasbourg. So we'll take church greetings. Thank you, Brother Edmund. Extend our greetings, and thank you for the greetings from Beverly Hills. Any other greetings before we get into the announcements? Thank you, Brother Daniel. Greetings for Sister Nada. Give. Thank you, Sister Bev. Uh, her sister Charlene went through a surgery recently and uh, everything went well according to uh, what she informed me this morning. And we want to thank everyone for praying um, for her. Any other greetings? If not, um, just a few announcements. <clears throat> Focus of the month is still Little Hands Orphanage. And uh, please be generous to, to sponsor the children for pulling weeds yesterday. Uh, it's a worthy cause, the orphans in Tecate, Mexico. As mentioned, the Youth Weekend is coming up on Canada Day. Uh, please see the schedule online. We've been receiving these emails for quite some time now. Uh, just a couple of highlights, Saturday night, in Strasbourg, 7 p.m., we'll start the singing, the service, the sermon, and the inspiration hour following. And uh, on Sunday at 6.15 p.m., it'll start uh, again, and then program officially belings, uh, starts at 6.30 p.m. So other details you can see on the internet for, uh, for the whole weekend. And it's also the area singing in Strasbourg that Sunday as well. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> yesterday I was at Brother Edwin's place trying to organize funeral details for Sister Sophie. As most of you, I would hope, have uh, found out by now through email or phone calls, uh, Sister Sophie passed away on Friday morning at 4.55 a.m. And um, the, the arrangements by the family uh, that 
there will be no burial. There will be, uh, at least for the, for the public at, no, at, at large, there will be a memorial service uh, for all that would want to attend on Tuesday at 1 p.m. So we'll have a Tuesday afternoon memorial service for Sister Sophie in the church. And um, following that, we'll have an opportunity to, to greet the family. There's only two boys that are here, uh, her son, Joey, that some of you have met, and also her bro brother, Peter, Dudalet. Uh, they'll be here for that, and brother Edwin, of course. So you'll have an opportunity to greet the family then. Um, it was designed this way because they've been here for over a week or and a half and they would like to get back to Vancouver so uh, those that would like to attend at 1 p.m. Tuesday a reception to follow uh, we've been given instructions by Sister Dory to please that uh, those that are attending to bring some fruit or dessert and let her know what you're bringing so that she can organize the catering are there any questions that was that pretty clear We'll post this also in the, in the emails, so for those that didn't uh, follow. CFG coming up on Wednesday is the life of Christ continuing. And uh, also, I just received a, a, a note from Sister Dorothy. She's not here, she's downstairs. Um, her uncle, Peter Nenadov, those that know him in Kitchener, he had a, a nasty fall during the week and looks like he split his head open or somehow they did they had to do some surgery. There's not much, much details, but it, it's fairly serious, it seems, and he may be in hospital up for up to three months. So uh, please keep them in prayer, the family, especially Brother Peter, that God would give him healing and the family for comfort and strength through this uh, very trying time. We don't know what's around the corner, so we, we're thankful that we have God to uh, lean to and to, to approach in times like these. That's all the announcement. We'll keep Brother Edmund in prayer as he ministers us from God's word. Let's invite the Lord in our presence in the prayer. Almighty God, it is so true that our life is but a vapor and it is good for us to come into your presence and to consider why we are here and how to order our lives and to worship you and recognize that it is for your glory, for your pleasure, that we are created. Father, we pray that this morning your spirit could work, even through this frail servant, an unworthy one, and in the hearts of those listening. Father, that your truth could penetrate the dullness of our hearts and could change us for eternity. We pray this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
I had felt the Lord leading me to something completely different, but this morning um, on the way here, um, the scripture opened to Luke chapter 12, and I just felt that this is really what God wants us to, to meditate together on this morning. So let's turn together to the Gospel of Luke uh, chapter 12, and we'll begin uh, reading partway through at at verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he, which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto thee, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you by taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They they toil not, they spin not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of doubtful mind for all these things things do the nations of the world seek after and your God knoweth that ye have need of these things but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom Sell that you have and give alms. 
Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girt about, and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. And when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken in through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour that ye think not. Then Peter said, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord will make ruler over his house to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Now of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath, but, and if, that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maids, maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. And he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. I read unto verse 48. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The Lord is worthy that we bow before him in prayer. Our dear loving Father in heaven, we come before thy throne of grace, of mercy, where can we go when thou hast the words of eternal life? O oh Lord, life is in you. You are that eternal life. And if we believe in you, and if we eat your flesh and drink your blood, as you told the disciples in John 6, we will have life eternal abiding in us. That is to accept your blood, accept your body as our atonement 
for our sins. That all of us that have been born into this world, as Job says, are born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. And we are constantly confronted with trials, difficulties, setbacks, challenges, tragedies, sadness, But we know that we can come to thee, Lord, because that was not your plan for mankind. And when man fell, we were placed into this predicament of what happens to sinful flesh. We thank thee, Lord, that we have the words of eternal life. And if we will take it and not say as the disciples of old did say that left him, that forsook him and said this is a hard saying, who can hear it? That we would say, Lord, thank you for this. Though we don't understand it, we will obey it. That we will trust in you. Because when we trust in our own senses and our own flesh, we fall. So, Father in heaven, we pray this morning as we listen to your word that we would drink it in, that we would imbibe it, that we would digest it, and that it will bring forth much fruit in our lives. It will awaken us unto righteousness. It is able to save our souls Help us to treasure it and then to put it into practice. Father in heaven, this morning we're mindful of those that are not here. Our minds and hearts go out to Brother Edwin and his loss, Sister Sophie, who had passed away unexpectedly. We pray for her family. We know that her brother and son are here. And we pray that you would be their comfort, their strength. And that you would also comfort and strengthen Brother Edward now who has lost his partner in life for the second time. Oh Lord, please be with Sister Barbara as well as she is tending to him and helping him in his future steps, in his future dealings. We pray that you'd give him much wisdom and that we would support him also in which way we could. Father, we pray that you'd comfort their children also in Vancouver, her siblings. Oh Lord, we pray that you would be merciful and gracious to them as well. Lord, we're thankful that she did turn to you even in an older age. And we pray that many others will learn from this that as we have read this morning that our souls could be taken in one night and where will our destiny be? Father in heaven we pray that you'd give grace and strength to Brother Edmund to preach your word and teach and that we would be willing recipients of it. 
Be with those that are sick, shut in. We pray for Brother Peter Nenadov, as we heard, he had a, a pretty difficult, uh, horrific fall and caused much damage. We pray that you would help him to recover, that you would be with his dear wife Anutza and uh, children and give them comfort and strength. Father, there are many in our churches, especially in our church. We pray for, brother, for Sister Olga Odog, that you'll continue to work in her, that you'll continue to strengthen her and give her healing. We pray that you would give her the comfort and the strength that she needs and that we would also be supportive in prayer and in spirit. Father, we pray for the others that are not, do not know thee as Lord and Savior and that are also ill sister, sister Olga and Gordana's sister, Lily Bukov. We haven't seen her in church for a long time. We pray that you would be with her, that you would convict her, that you would give her healing physically, and that she would come to the realization that it, this is real and her future is uncertain but that she needs to cling to you and that she needs to approach you and seek you. We pray for her. We pray for the souls of everyone that is so precious to us. Lord, we pray because your scripture pleads why will you die? Why will you not come unto the one who's able to bear your burdens, whose burden is light, whose yoke is easy? Lord, help them not to gamble with life because they're not promised tomorrow. Father, we pray for all those in the mission fields as our young people have worked yesterday to raise money for the orphans in Tecati, Mexico. We have many missions throughout this world, even in this city. People that are poor, hungry, that are out on the street. Father, we pray that your people who are called by your name would indeed do your works, be the hands and feet of Jesus, the mouth of Jesus, and to spread your gospel abroad and to share your love and kindness to all. Father, we pray for the aged, for the shut-in that have been shut-in even pre-COVID. We pray that you would comfort and strengthen them, the widows, the orphans, the single people, we pray that you would provide their each and every need also. And that you'll strengthen our marriages too, whether we even married doesn't mean there are no trials, there are no temptations. We pray that we would listen to your word and heed your word 
and abide in your word that we may find the best guidance and the best advice from the counselor, the mighty counselor, the mighty God. Be with us now, Father, as we commend the rest of this day into your care and keeping, as we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sobering passage we've read this morning talks, Jesus is talking very plainly about life priorities, about what we do focus on and what we should focus on, what we invest in and how those investments, how secure those investments are. If you want to put it into... uh, modern investment terminology is prompted by this discussion was prompted by uh, a man who was clearly bitter with his brother didn't like how the inheritance was being divided and was hoping that Jesus would get involved in in settling the dispute over um, how to divide that money and seeing Jesus was a just man, one that didn't fear uh, people and would, had the wisdom, he thought he would be the right person to, to get involved to, to sort this out because it was a huge cause of, of um, stress, frustration, anger, division, resentment in the family. And Jesus, as he so often does, just totally uh, goes right past the question to the root of the problem. The root of the stress, resentment, um, family division. And it wasn't about whether he got 55% or 45% or whether he got the cow or the pig or however the division was, was struggling. It was about why this mattered so much and why he placed so much trust and, 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 and uh, emphasis and was willing to rupture family relationships over whether, well, he got the cow or the pig. And that was because of what he believed this, this cow or pig would do for him or, or, or you know, this additional whatever it was, few pieces of gold or silver. And so he went right past and said, I'm not going to get involved in being a divider of stuff because the stuff doesn't matter. The stuff doesn't last. The stuff is not worth us getting hung up on where that division is. In fact, there's something very insidious and dangerous. And so I'm going to tell you in verse 15 to beware and take heed of a certain characteristic that is natural to people that is very dangerous and is called covetousness. It's wanting things that you don't have and being willing to bend and compromise your principles to get them. And the 
principle that he is laying out here, it's worth remembering, worth memorizing, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. A man's life is not measured by it, that it's not uh, how you know how good or worthy this life is. It's, it's not measured by how much stuff you have. And this is a very um, contrary to the culture we are in. You know, that's the bumper sticker, you know, says, you know, whatever that, uh, you know, it's a, a amount of toys that you have or whatever. They're, they're, they, you, the men are measured by how much toys they have, women by how much house they have or you know everybody's got their measurement and they've got all this this push this manipulation of advertisement to say you are not a man unless you have this toy you're you're not a, a woman worthy of of, of being uh, you know of honor if you don't have x y and z and it's all in stuff because then someone gets to sell you that stuff and that stuff gets out of date, you know, that's, oh, that's so 2000, 2021, right? You've got to get new stuff. You're, you're, the heel shape has changed. The, 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 the shape dress has changed. You've got to get new stuff. You look so dated. Your house looks so dated. Your stuff is, and it's perfectly functional, but it's, it's old, right? And you are, you're just not worthy. Your worthiness in the society is measured in how much stuff you have. And, and back then, at least, you know, a cow was a cow. But now, if the cow is the wrong shape of dots, it's, 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 it's something worth despising. We've gotten more covetous and been more manipulated and are even willing to compromise for the sake of getting the right shape of dots on our cows. And, and Jesus is trying to say, you're, you're focused on the wrong things. And you're hurting people and abandoning God for the sake of these things. And, and how do you think this is going to end up? And he brings, he brings it into perspective by telling them, as only Jesus can, a story. It brings into sharp relief how foolish this is. And he he, he says, let's take this to, to its logical conclusion. Let's say somebody has everything you wish you had. His fields, they, 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 they produce um, plentifully. He's got the great harvest. And since he's invested well, he's got these tremendous returns. He's got more than he can even consume for years and years and years. So now he doesn't have to worry anymore, right? Because that's really what's driving this. This is not only you know, desire for honor in the sight of people, it's, it's desire for security, for me to know that I'm in control of my destiny. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because I've got it in the bank. Or in his case, it was in the barn. And he had to tear down that barn. It wasn't big enough. He had to build bigger barns. And now that he's got a bigger barn and he's got more stuff in there, he's set. He figures he can eat, drink, and be merry, which is, you know, everyone's goal according to society. So he's got 
He's got the Freedom 55 vision in hand. And what happens? And God says to him, you fool. And God says to this whole society, you fools. And to each one of us that have bought into these lies and have made these compromises, we're being foolish. We're being completely blind to the true value, to what's, what's going to last. We're, you fool, says God. Tonight, your soul will be required of you. It's not yours. You were given life and existence. God is saying your time on earth that I have given you is up. All the money in the bank, all the grain in the barn is not going to give you one extra minute when God says, tonight your soul is required of you. Then what's going to happen to all these things you've accumulated? What good is it? It's not giving you any security. It's not giving you a life of ease and plenty. And then Jesus turns and looks at the people gathered, including the person who's really upset about how much of the inheritance he's gotten. And it says, so is he that lays up everyone, that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And now Jesus introduces, there's an alternative. You can run on the treadmill of, of materialism. You can burn yourself out and burn your relationships and your health in order to, 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 to gain stuff you cannot keep that's going to decay. I mean, we see, um, you know, here he talks about rust corrupting metals and, and moth corrupting the cloth, but, you know, what about the person who was bragging last year that they, they invested in crypto and it's gone up 10%, right? We, we've got other ways of um, diminishing wealth besides moth and rust. You know, there's no safe place to put your money anymore. It's all going down. Even gold is going down. What are you going to do? Right? And your money is inflating away at X percent going up every Every day and there's, you know, it's all this stuff we put into barns is shrinking as we watch. But Jesus says there's a different kind of treasure. You're not doomed to burn out, to provide for things that are going to, in a corrupted world, become corrupted and corrupt you in the process, there is something better, a different treasure that doesn't corrupt you. How many stories 
do we have of, of how greed is corrupted, how people have started off honorable and yet their greed for the treasure has caused them to eventually turn on each other and, and, and become um, evil in the process and, and the treasure ends up being a curse. How many warnings there have been and even folklore telling us about this, but there is a treasure that does not corrupt that's not corruptible and not corrupting. And so Jesus says, what about being rich toward God? The rich man here thought he had a retirement plan. But it didn't work for even one night. But God's got a retirement plan. He's saying, open your eyes. This, this, this world is temporary. But there's a permanent reality which will endure forever. Don't you want to have treasure that you're going to be able to enjoy forever? I mean, even this Freedom 55 uh, retirement plan here. The problem is that you get old and you can't even enjoy the stuff. You don't have the teeth, the taste buds, the smell, the hearing, the, the mobility, the, the ability to remember what you just enjoyed. You're in a body that's not intended to. That's why Ecclesiastes tells us Remember your creator in the day of your youth before the evil days come when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. This whole vision this world is trying to sell you is, not, is lies. It's foolish. We're fools to believe it. Therefore, he says to his disciples, change your priorities. Take no thought for your life. It's all about whether what you will eat for the body we shall put on. I think it's kind of interesting here in this parallel passage to, to the Matthew 6 where we're introduced to this, these, these principles on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the, the one point is, is kind of stressing out about Am I going to have food to eat? Am I going to survive? And on the other hand, it's like, what am I going to eat? You know, there are those who, who, who make it all about creating that Instagram shot or, or having that gastronomic experience. And I'm going to enjoy that. It's on my bucket list, right? Take no thought. This should not be what you're consumed about. Sure, the Bible says, you know, to enjoy the fruits of your labor and to, um, you know, but... You know, Ecclesiastes tells us about the rich man, you know, who provides all this stuff and yet he can only eat so much. And, you know, he can't even enjoy to the degree that he's investing. This life is more than meat and the body more than raiment. And uh, <laughs> last week we were in uh, Mackinac and uh, the historian there was 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 kind of explaining to us that this whole travel industry was an invention. That uh, uh, people, the American 
Industrial Revolution was making some people incredibly wealthy, in particular those involved in the railroads that was the engine for this economic growth. And, and they had to get people out of the mode that they only lived in their entire lives within 50 miles of, of, of where they're born. So they invented the concept of a travel destination. It wasn't a thing before that. And so they, they popped up these hotels in places like Mackinac Island uh, it, out of wood because they had to hurry up while people still had money. And uh, it, it lost money there, but, but the railroads made money. And, and it's just, to me, another form of how we're being manipulated. You know, so it's not just today. To bring this up today, it's not, you know, what you will eat or where you'll drink. It's where you're going to go. What travel experience are you going to... You need to have all these things and you're missing out. Well, let me tell you about a travel destination. Right? What about a place where there is no sickness? Where there is no pain? where there is no ruptured relationships, where there is harmony, where everyone there you can trust and open your heart to, right? God's got so much better. His treasure is not corrupting or corruptible. But we can get anxious, we can get stressed out, we can rupture our relationships as we see here um, about these things. And he's saying, like, just look at the flower. Probably had one right there in front of him while he was talking, a beautiful lily that we have one just sprouting here in the, in the garden this morning. I said, Bethany, look, your, your favorite lily is growing and it's gorgeous, right? And it's beautiful. And God gives it clothing without all the textile industries and sweatshops and Southeast Asia and everything else to, to fund it. He's, he's got this glorious beauty that he can give you at your time and place without you worrying about it. He got, he's giving this bird food even though he's got no barn or bank. And so God's going to provide for you. This is... And here in verse 30, he's, he's telling you there are two different economic models for the world. And you can, you can follow the nations of this world. They're driven by this pursuit of stuff. But you have an alternative model. You have a heavenly father who knows you need these things. And so rather than trying to seek after these things, in verse 31, we're giving an alternative thing that still provides efforts. You don't sit there and wait for God to drop food in your lap. He, there, is, there is a pursuit involved. It's, he's saying seek after the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. First seek the priorities of God the Father. And God the Father will make sure your necessities are met. And because he's God the Father, he delights in giving you the kingdom. You will not just end up with barns full of decaying wheat, 
that you're only able to enjoy in a decaying body, but you will be able to end up as being the son of and the daughter of a king, enjoying a kingdom in which you will be rule in splendor. His splendor for all eternity in, 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 in bodies that are incorruptible, that we can't even conceive and imagine what it will be like to live with that level of senses and mobility and understanding and clarity of these new bodies. That's the retirement you want. And it won't be a retirement that's totally self-focused. You will be a part of the kingdom the kingdom where God brings life and beauty and healing and redemption through you to those that you can now help and you feel a sense of meaning rather than meaninglessness of being completely self-focused. For where? I mean, here, here's a verse that, that doesn't... Uh, go over well in today's culture and I need to read it because it's in God's word and we don't focus on it. We said, fear not little flock, it's God's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Help those who don't have. Those who need. Provide yourself bags which wax not old. Bag being, you know, that was the bank account. You had your bag of gold, right? You're not going to put yourself in, in decaying bags that, you know, um, Haggai was telling them that you're, you're carrying your, your money in bags and it's got holes and, and money keeps dribbling out of it. It's kind of like inflation. Uh, th that uh, you, you can't hold on to this stuff, but the... God's treasure, God's treasure is going to be given to you in, in, in containers, in ways that are not going to be diminished and, and rotting, uh, in ways that will grow rather than, than um, be lost. A treasure in heaven that faileth not, again, where no thief approaches, moth corrupteth, or cryptocurrency crashes. Uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now here's a check for us. How do you know where your heart is? What are we investing in? Where's my treasure? What am I trying to build? What am I trusting in? What am I delighting in? What am I hoping for? The danger is to, to let's put in the check marks to keep God happy while I enjoy this life because that's what I'm told is where it's at. And God's saying, no, no, no. Sell the stuff that you can't keep and put in treasure in heaven where you can actually enjoy this forever. Complete reversal. Not a two-track system where the tracks are diverging. And then the rest of the passage warns us that we don't just have to worry about our stuff disappearing, 
or dying, but Jesus is coming soon. And we've had plenty of messages about that, about how this world is moving towards an economics control of a Revelation 13 scenario where we see Jesus coming soon, but we're warned here we are going to be surprised and we need to be ready because we don't know exactly when. We need to be diligent. We've been given a commission. I mean, the, the passage here that we, the ver last verse we read talked about the accountability because we have been given much. We know our eyes are open. We see, we've read the book. We know how it's going to end. We know where to invest and um, the consequences of not doing that. And he says, if, if when God comes, those who know will be held more accountable. They'll be beaten with more stripes if we don't, don't prepare ourselves for the Lord's will. But those that didn't know their ignorance, they are still accountable, but not as accountable because God is saying, to whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him he will, they will ask the more. Are we able to say, even so, come Lord Jesus, my treasure is in heaven. I know what I've been investing for. I know what kingdom I'm of. I know my retirement plan, and it's not about taking ease in this life. It's about preparing for a future of the presence of God, which is far more worthy. My dearest friend, I pray that you don't get caught in these lies and feel that as you've invested in career and, uh, you know, something that's going to give you your returns in this life, You don't want to have God telling you you're a fool because you missed out and thinking you have lots of time to contemplate the important things. Please, sense the urgency that Jesus was trying to tell his followers and listeners there. He's coming soon. We need to be ready. We need to make clear where our true priorities, where our heart is by the choices of what we do today. Please choose a hymn. We sing hymn 107 verses 1, 6, and 7.
Heavenly Father, on bended knee, many of us come to you threadbare, dear Father, as a, our first resource, definitely not as our last resort, dear Father. Let us not fall into temptation, dear Father, of believing that we are somehow a match for the wiles of the evil one, dear Father, who knows exactly what to dangle and when to do it, dear Father, and how often do we find ourselves simply nodding at messages like this, dear Father, saying, oh, that's not me. We are grateful, dear Father, once again on a beautiful morning. We're reminded that these bright and shiny things, dear Father, all pass away. None of them last, dear Father. Only heaven lasts, dear Father, and it is forever. You provide us with no guarantees, dear Father, in your word. Well, perhaps other than suffering and persecution, dear Father, yet the reward at the end of all that outweighs anything that this bankrupt world could offer us, dear Father, and let us not once again fall into the temptation thinking that that money or fame, dear Father, the career, attention, honor, wealth and pleasure, dear Father, and the relentless pursuit of it will somehow be equal to what you're offering us, dear Father. The world doesn't buy it, dear Father, but we know better, at least we hope we do, dear Father, that, that we're reminded day in, day out that this relentless pursuit of pressure as we've seen around us the train wreck of people who do such things, dear Father, end up falling to pieces and wondering where it all went wrong. We thank you again, dear Father, as we ask for conviction, dear Father, that we humble ourselves not to chase after these rabbits in the world, dear Father, that once again, you've offered us so much, you've given us so much, dear Father. Each day is such a blessing. Despite what's going on in our lives, dear Father, we have blessings we can't even begin to account for. We're grateful that you've placed us here in Toronto, in Canada, dear Father, as we come to a building that's pristine. You've put a roof over our head and the sun in the sky. Many of our brothers and sisters do not have the same, dear Father, and we pray for them. Our hearts and minds go out to them. On a day like this, dear Father, as we pray in relative comfort, we thank you again, dear Father, for what you've given us each day, dear Father. We pray that we take it forward and never take any of this for granted, dear Father, as we've heard it can all go away so quickly, as we've seen just in the past two weeks. It can all be taken away. Let us with open eyes and hearts, dear Father, take this to heart, dear Father, write it in our hearts. Take this message out into the world, dear Father. S certainly not have this message die at the threshold of our building here. And that once again, we can be more than rest assured, dear Father, that those who are in your hand will not be plucked out, dear Father. We thank you again. For this message as we look forward to the rest of this day, dear Father, as we continue to pray for our dear brother Edwin, who's certainly hurting, dear Father, comfort him and strengthen him. Those who are lonely, those who are aged, those who, as we said, are threadbare from life, dear Father, that we may change our priorities, knowing that you're with us every step of the way. We thank you again for this day, dear Father. We pray a blessing on it and hope that this hour was not lost on us as we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.
Let's sing the first and third verses of hymn number 95 in conclusion. We've heard a very timely message this morning. All our efforts, all of our strivings, all of our ambitions can in one night be turned to dust. A thought came to my mind and I looked for this scripture. I knew it was in the Old Testament. I just searched it now. 
says in Amos chapter 4, verse 12, Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. As I mentioned probably two or three times from this pulpit, when I was a young boy still in Australia, we had the magnetophone, the, the dual uh, tape recorder, and uh, we would listen to songs that were given to us by, I think it was Brother Dave Kapuscinski from Akron. The gospel hymns, I, I, I very distinctly remember the, the tune or the, the, the hymn. Careless soul, maybe uh, the words not, but now I remember those words. Careless soul, I heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone, if I remember correctly. Oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet thy God. I remember those words as a young lad, unprepared to meet thy God. And what is your life? What is my life? This speaks to both, dear ones, to the unconverted and to the converted. Have we prepared to meet our God by laying our sins and burdens at the foot of the cross, accepting the blood of Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for our sins to the unconverted? Have we prepared to meet our God to the believers? Have we made right with our brother and sister? Have we repented of our sins? I speak first to myself. We don't know our life. As Jesus said, for what is your life? It's like a grass, as the prophet of old said, that is hewn down in the morning and by the night is withered. It's like a flower that just shrivels and withers away. Are you ready to meet your God? Will you hear the words, you fool? Tonight I will require your soul. I pray that each and every one of us will take these words to heart and I pray that you'd give glory to your God, your creator who made you for that purpose to glorify his name and enjoy him forever. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.